Hey, everybody, and welcome to Beyond the Classroom. I'm your host, Jenna Dykeman. I'm a registered dietitian and one of the nutrition faculty members at BYU-Idaho. Beyond the Classroom is a 13-episode podcast that will take you beyond the concepts you are learning in the classroom and give you the opportunity to dig deeper into the world of nutrition. In this week's episode of the Beyond the Classroom podcast, we will first be hearing from the TAs. The TAs have prepared some book recommendations from books they've been reading during this time of quarantine. After that, we will be looking further into claims you might hear about dietary supplements and how to tell if the claim you hear is true or false. Are you guys ready? All right, let's get to it. And this is Time Out with the TAs. This week for Time Out with the TAs, we are going to be talking about books that we love that we have been reading during quarantine that you could read too. Anyone have any books that they would like to share? Little book club times. I'll go first. I'll go first. So I have two books that I'm reading right now that are complete opposite ends of the spectrum. And it's going to be confusing because I just said I don't like scary things because one of them is the new Stephen King book called Outsiders. And I am not recommending it, but I'm just saying it's so good and so creepy. But it's a really good book um, that is a fiction scary story. My other book that I'm reading right now is called The Happiness Project. And it's basically it's this woman that's a psychologist, I believe, that has always been trying to stick to her New Year's resolutions and goals and whatnot, and has never been able to go past a month, maybe two months if she works really hard at it. And so she decided to kind of change how she did goal setting. And the book is set up as her kind of monthly journal. And so every month she did a different topic. So for the month of January, it was organization. And the month of February, it was um, her spouse. And March was um, her social life, et cetera. It goes on. Every month has a different topic. And every month she has new goals. And she can stick to those for 30 days because anyone can stick to something for 30 days. Um, and then whatever from from that month, whatever is actually a um something that she can actually continue doing. She'll carry on and just apply that throughout the year. And it's been so interesting because I am that person that makes a ton of goals all the time, creates my plan, gets going, and then a month or two months later, I'm like, eh, that was kind of boring. I don't want to do that anymore. But if you kind of, if you split it up into monthly sections and have a completely fresh start at the beginning of every month, then you're more likely to think a little bit more positively about the stuff from the previous month and want to carry it over because you're doing so good and now you're going to do more good things. And it's just been a really interesting read. I like it. Cool. I feel, I feel like I'm the same way. I, I need to read that book. That sounds super interesting. 
I can go next on the book. So a book that I have been reading during quarantine is Aragon. <laughs> and I love fantasy books. And so that one's a really good one. And there's, it's, there's, uh, I'm pretty sure there's four books in the series. But I love series because sometimes it can take me a bit to get into a book. And so it's nice if I'm, if it's a series, I'm already into the book. And so I just keep reading. So Aragon is super good. I, it's, have you guys, I'm, there's a movie about Aragon, but the, Ar- the movie is awful. So just read the book. <laughs> I've never read the Aragon books. My brother read them and he loves them. Um, and lots of my friends at school did. But I do remember when the movie came out and everyone was so disappointed in how terrible it was <laughs> compared to the book. I know. I feel like, it's so sad. I feel like that happens most of the time, where like you get so excited for the movie and then, but I like I saw the movie beforehand and I was like, oh, I like that movie. I'll read the book. But after reading the book, I'm like, wow, the book is so much better. Yeah, that movie was weird. <laughs> I mean, like it was cool, but not as good as what I heard all the books were. Because I know so many people that like love that series. I haven't read the book or seen the movie. So do you know what it's about, Sister Dykeman? Um, Is it about dragons? Yes. I think. Yeah. yeah. I think I've seen the book cover, and I think it had a dragon on it, and so that's, <laughs> that's why I know. But I don't know what it's about other than that. Yeah. He's just, he, it's Aragorn, and he's a dragon rider, and that's his dragon. So, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so during quarantine, I, I've been wanting to find some good fiction books to read, but what I've been finding that I've been spending a lot of time in reading is I've been buying a lot of books from Deseret Book, um, just during the time when we don't have church and everything, I've been really like, liking to read books put out by, um, different apostles. So I, right now, I'm really loving the book The Holy Temple by Boyd K. Packer. It's really old, um, but at a time when we can't go to temples to serve and to learn there, it's been really awesome to learn more about the temple um, and understand the blessings that we get from going there. And so that's a book I would definitely recommend if um, maybe if you're preparing to go to the temple or if you just want to just have that extra knowledge. And then another book that I really like right now is The Infinite Atonement by Tadar Callister. I know a lot so of people really, Yeah, a lot of people really love that one. I like have just barely started it and it is amazing. Just so amazing. Uh, I feel like I'm going to end up reading this book like over and over again. So I would definitely recommend those two books if you just really want more of that love and that knowledge of the gospel. That's so awesome that you're able to do that. And like you said, where temples aren't open, you're still able to read about them and hear the, or read those insights from an apostle. That's really cool. Yeah, I've read parts of The Infinite Atonement, but I haven't read the whole thing. So I should do that because I have the book. I'm just going to read it. I have one book to share. I like to listen to audiobooks. I feel like I have more time to do that as I'm doing things rather than read. So 
the one book that I was listening to the other month was it's called The Lighthouse Keeper's Daughter. And I just really liked it. It's a fictional book. It's set, there's actually a couple of different storylines within it and it goes kind of back and forth. So one storyline is set in 1838 in the England area. And then the other one, the other storyline is set in 1938. And it was just a really good read. I guess listen since it was an audiobook. Both storylines, they are set obviously by lighthouses and just the story of the family in those lighthouses and how they help each other during hard times. And it's really in- inspiring. Anyway, Lighthouse Keeper's Daughter. Yep, that's all I got. Who's it by? Um, it is by Hazel Gaynor. Sweet. That sounds good. Thank you guys for all of your recommendations. I'm going to go read some of those books because those sound super awesome. Welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Classroom. All this week and next week in the classroom, you'll be learning about vitamins and minerals. You'll be taking a closer look into their functions, food sources, deficiency diseases, and if there are any toxicity symptoms associated with taking too much of a particular vitamin or mineral. If you ask any dietitian about supplements and if they are necessary to maintain optimal health for a normal adult, The most common response you'll receive, in one variation or another, is food first. Meaning, when you are setting out to reach all your recommendations for vitamins and minerals, your goal should be to plan a sustainable, healthy eating pattern that revolves around balance, variety, and moderation. As you do this and choose to eat whole foods first, you'll meet your daily recommendations for the micronutrients. Despite the recommendation by nutrition experts to meet your daily nutrient needs through consuming a variety of whole foods, there is a lot of controversy surrounding supplements. According to a report from March of 2019, the global dietary supplements market was valued at $125 billion U.S. dollars and is expected to reach $210 billion U.S. dollars in the next six years. That's a lot of money! How is this possible if the healthy adult really doesn't need a supplement to support their health? According to that same report, this growth of the supplement industry is a reflection of an increase in people's income, a rising awareness about nutrition, and an increase in individuals who feel they don't have time to plan and cook healthy meals, so they rely on supplements to provide them with a quick and easy way to have a healthy diet. They are looking for a quick fix. Instead of going back to the basics and investing in their health through eating good food, it is important for you to make the choice to use food first and not waste your money and time hoping that the supplements you buy will cure all of your health problems and give you optimal health. As you've learned in your Nutri 150 class, taking a dietary supplement does not make up for a poor diet. 
but sometimes you may hear friends or family discussing supplements they have tried because they were interested in taking a supplement to boost their health. Because the supplement industry is a billion-dollar industry, it is easy to get lost in the claims supplement companies are making about their product. As your friends and family share with you experiences they've had when taking a supplement, you may be confused if what they are claiming is true or false. To help you be a more informed consumer and build the skills to determine if a claim you hear is true or false, we are going to play a little game called I Heard It Through the Grapevine! read off a common statement related to a vitamin, mineral, or supplements in general. Then, you can pause the podcast and decide for yourself if you think the statement I read is a fact or if it is a myth. Once you've decided, you can continue listening to hear the answer and further information about the statement. Here we go with our first statement. The first statement is, I heard that all supplements are safe because they are natural. Take a second to pause the podcast and decide if you think this statement is a myth or a fact. All right, did you take a guess? Let's find out. This is a myth. Nutrients are natural. That is true. They are found naturally in the foods we eat. But when manufacturers take those nutrients and process them into a pill, powder, or another form, they become unnatural. Let's talk a little bit about what can be a supplement. We can find supplements that contain just one vitamin or mineral. Other supplements may combine a variety of vitamins and minerals. Then, there are supplements that use herbs or other natural ingredients. While those ingredients are natural, it doesn't mean that they are safe for us to consume or even effective. One example of this is the herb ephedra. Ephedra ephedra is an evergreen shrub-like plant. It is native to Central Asia and Mongolia. For centuries, the Chinese used ephedra to help with colds, flus, fever, headaches, nasal congestion, and wheezing. Within the last few decades, supplement companies started using ephedra as an ingredient for their supplements, making claims it could aid in weight loss and enhance athletic performance. The FDA found little evidence supporting these claims and ephedra's effectiveness. Eventually, in 2004, the FDA banned ephedra from any supplements because of the adverse effects and risk for injury. They found that the use of ephedra could worsen heart conditions, kidney disease, could increase risk for stroke, and could cause or intensify seizures in individuals with a seizure disorder. As a consumer, if you are thinking about taking a supplement, 
please do your homework and investigate the ingredients found in the product to identify if the product is safe and effective. Don't be fooled by the product's claims. Remember, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. If you have any doubt about the safety of the product, you are better off not taking it. A great resource to look up supplements or ingredients in supplements is the National Institute of Health Dietary Supplement Fact Sheet. It has a list of a variety of supplements and ingredients in supplements and provides you with information about them. How'd you do with the first statement? Did you guess it right? Did you think it was a myth or did you think it was a fact? If you were wrong, that's okay. You've got another shot. Let's move on to statement number two. I heard that there are some groups of people that would benefit from taking a supplement. What do you think? Is this a myth or a fact? This is a fact. There are some populations that would benefit and actually need a supplement for certain nutrients. For example, women planning to become pregnant and pregnant women can take a folic acid supplement or prenatal supplement to ensure they're taking in enough folic acid to prevent neural tube defects in their infant. Another example would be if someone chooses to follow a vegan diet, while they need to be particularly cautious about planning a well-balanced diet because they are restricting many different types of nutrient-dense foods, they should take a vitamin B12 supplement. This is because they do not consume any animal products, and vitamin B12 is only found naturally in animal products. These are just a few examples of populations that do need to take a supplement. So, how'd you do with that one? Did you get it right? Alright, let's move on to statement number three. I heard that you can never consume too much of the water-soluble vitamins. They said that because they are water-soluble, they can't be stored in our body and can't cause problems. What do you think about this statement? Do you agree? This is a myth. Many people believe that if small amounts of vitamins are good for you, then the more you can consume, the better. This, in fact, is a false belief. While we don't store water-soluble vitamins in our body, and we need to meet our RDA for our vitamins each day to prevent the development of a deficiency disease, there are risks for consuming high doses of water-soluble vitamins. The development of toxicity symptoms occurs when high levels of vitamins are consumed. Out of the nine water-soluble vitamins, four of those have ULs listed in the DRI tables. Going over those ULs can lead to adverse effects. For example, vitamin C is a water-soluble vitamin. It aids in iron absorption, collagen synthesis, and is an antioxidant. Consuming low amounts of vitamin C can lead to the development of scurvy. But if you consume large doses of vitamin C above the UL, which for vitamin C is 2,000 milligrams, you can experience symptoms including diarrhea, nausea, vomiting, heartburn, abdominal cramps, and headaches. The most common way to consume too much of a vitamin is by taking supplements. For the most part, it is difficult to reach the UL through your food consumption. One thing to be aware of is your intake of fortified foods. An example of a fortified food is breakfast cereals. When a food is fortified, 
vitamins and minerals that weren't originally in the food product are added to the food to increase its nutrient density. If an individual consumes large amounts of fortified foods each day, they are at a higher risk for toxicity. All right, that's three statements so far. How are you doing with identifying if it is a true or false statement? Are you three for three? Now let's move on to the fourth and final statement that we will evaluate. I heard that if a dietary supplement label includes different types of claims about their product, that claim must be paired with a statement saying that the FDA has not evaluated their claim. What do you think? True or false? This is a fact. While dietary supplements themselves aren't regulated by the FDA, the FDA does have requirements on the claims that supplement companies can put on their product labels. In 1994, the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act established regulations specific to claims supplement companies can make on their products. The three types of claims regulated under this act include structure function claims, claims of general well-being, and nutrient deficiency claims. Examples of structure function claims include calcium builds strong bones, or fiber helps maintain bowel regularity, or antioxidants maintain cell integrity. These claims only describe the role of a nutrient on the structure or function in the human body. General well-being claims will describe the overall benefit to health that can come from their supplement or specific nutrients or ingredients in their supplement. Nutrient deficiency claims identify that their product or the nutrients and or ingredients in their product can prevent one or more deficiency diseases. For example, a vitamin C supplement may claim to prevent the development of scurvy. When a supplement company uses one or more of the three types of claims on their product, they must notify the FDA within 30 days of when they first marketed their product. Companies also must include on their label a disclaimer that states the FDA has not evaluated the claim and that their supplement is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any diseases because legally only approved medicines can make that claim. Well, that's it for our game. I heard it through the grapevine. How'd you do? Hopefully, you feel better prepared now to evaluate supplement claims. As you can see, it can be hard to know which claims are true and which ones are false. So if you ever hear a friend or family member or read a claim about a supplement on the internet or social media, take some time, do some digging, and decide for yourself if the claim that you hear is true or false. Then you can share the knowledge that you gained with your friends and family. Thanks for joining us for today's show, Beyond the Classroom podcast. We heard some great book recommendations from the TAs. Hopefully you're able to go and check those out and get some good reading in. Also, 
we learned how to evaluate dietary supplement claims. Thanks again for joining us, and I'll see you next time.